Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Dude, what's going on, man? Bringing up the news. Now, what do you want to do that for? Well, you know, we have to update people on the stuff that they're waiting for, you know? Yeah. We are back! Unfortunately. And we're popularly, fashionably in. We have a guest today. We do. He's sitting on my right. Your left. And for those of you at home, I guess it's going to depend. No, he's going to be right up the middle for everybody at home. He's going he's gonna to decide every argument. He's very this. centrist. No, because I'm panned left. John's panned a little right. You're right up the middle, man. Oh, you're, man you're, if I'm, you're mono. If, if I'm in the center, we're really in trouble. <laughs> I'm like, like Pat Buchanan. and he's. <laughs> I'm Michael Kinsley, there and this go. is Crossfire. This is oh. Joe Perry, not to be confused with the guitarist from Aerosmith. And speaking of jokes you've probably heard a million times in your life, that's probably one of them. No, right? I never heard that before. <laughs> and in the, the course, and I'll make the other joke, his brother's name is Matthew Perry. So it's your mom inadvertently named you people that would eventually be famous that weren't you. That's right. And our middle names are, my middle name is Matthew and my brother's is Joseph. <laughs> really? That's not unusual. Not, at least it's not Stalin or something like that. You know, at least you're not Joseph Stalin Perry, you know? Not yet. Well, my dad is is Francis, and <laughs> everybody in your family. Has and Francis. my middle name is Francis. My my uh, brother was uh, Joseph. He passed on, but um, and my brother Francis, his middle name is Joseph. Well, there's a lot of those saints. There's a lot of Peters yeah. and Pauls and Marias and Marys. Josephs and Francis. Everybody in John's family has Francis either as a a, a confirmation name, a first name, or a middle name. <laughs> <laughs> Including like, the women, actually. It's like a clan. And it's a very nice name. <laughs> we love it. So Joe Perry, how do I know Joe Perry? I uh, He shops at the same Whole Foods store as I do. <laughs> and that's actually uh, kind of how we know each other, isn't it? That's, that's, and that's, that's about it? That's, that's it in a nutshell. Well, we actually know each other because you shop at the same Whole Foods store that my brother shops at. So, that's right. I, I'm, he... I met Matthew, Matt first, and uh, we kind of became friends, and uh, we we had dinner together and spent some time together, and then um, I, I had heard that there was a brother that, but you would always shop at a different time. I used to go always like when you heard rumors of a brother, yeah, a brother, and um, you know your your brother Matt always would be shopping with the Zorro hat, and I was wondering what kind of hat you might be wearing, <laughs> and uh, Jester hat. <laughs> I don't know what kind of hat do you wear when you shop for Whole Foods. I'm not the one with the hat. No. no. You have the sword, though, right? The little... (laughs) I I got another thing. He shops with the mask and the gun. (laughs) Yeah. I went out in the car. (laughs) Right. And we've also played music of Joe's and his brothers before. There was a... They have a band called Big Green, and we featured them on a couple of shows a few months ago, anyway. You mailed me this couple of CDs, and uh, Mm. even though he lives down the block... (laughs) Well, you got to support the post office. And yeah, they need, a, they need to they're work. They're in trouble now. In this, in this economy, everybody needs a job. Did you use one of those infinite stamps that they, they, they sell now where you oh, the pay ones one price forever? Yeah, and it'll, it'll be valid postage no matter how much they raise the rates. Yeah, that's right. No, I don't know. Did you? <laughs> I, I don't think I have the envelope anymore. 
I don't think so. Well, we're... we're, uh, we're... No, I just wanted you to pour. I didn't want you to... Oh, you wanted me to... Oh, he's pointing to a bottle, so usually that means talk about the wine, talk about the wine. You can talk about the wine, too. We're drinking the house wine. Literally. This is uh, 2005. It's called house wine. (laughs) It's a blend. It actually got like an 89-point rating in Wine Spectator. (laughs) And on the back it says red wine. It's, uh, It's a blend. Yeah, it's not bad. So we have a, uh, a voicemail number now. How exciting is that? What's more exciting than that? Answer me that. What's more exciting than that? A big steak dinner. <laughs> you you got to ruin it. You got to you know, throw the monkey wrench What's in. more exciting than, a, than a, a voicemail line? I don't know. Um, I'm thinking we all, sprout, channel. we all sprout wings out of our anuses. That would but be really exciting. You, you, you want to be a character named Ichinus. <laughs> yeah, that's that's who you want to be. Made of wax. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Your anus is made out of wax. <laughs> and... This is going in wrong so, places. Don't yeah. go too close to the sun. <laughs> yeah, don't fly too high. That's don't. an Iron Maiden song, The Flight of Icarus. It was, uh, <laughs> I think, one of the metal bands I worked for in the 80s played it, too. And So what's our number? Uh, we have a voicemail number. It is local to the Seattle area code. It's 206 So you can call up and leave us all sorts of uh, annoying things. And when Google Voice goes live, we'll change it to their number because theirs is going to probably be better and cooler, their offerings. I haven't even looked it up. There's got to be a a cool mnemonic for that, like eat meat or something. Yeah, yeah. 206 (laughs) Red Rum or something. I don't know. Red meat. You remember in the all those fifties TV shows like you know Car Fifty Four? Every number was Klondike Five One Two because Klondike Five is five five five. There you go. That, right here, exchange that doesn't exist. Here it was Redwood Two Nine Five Three Seven or something like that. Oh yeah, I remember my parents seven, always three. saying R E this or R E that. Yeah. Well, we've got we've got our first voicemail message yeah, to play. Yeah, we we hadn't. And we're going to do this. If we guarantee you, if you call up and leave a voicemail. I don't care what. It doesn't care, matter what you say. I don't care what you say. We're playing it. We hadn't done a show yet. Somebody must have got the number off the blog because I posted the uh, the phone number on the blog, and uh, we got a uh, a first message. What? Let's hear it. Here it is. Yeah, I'm craving for a a big steak. <laughs> he's quite well, pleased. He's quite pleased with himself too. You know how he laughed before he hung up. A little exhale. Well, that is kind of funny. I mean, yeah, it's a I love it when people make an ass of themselves. <laughs> Well, wherever he is, whoever he is, I hope he found his big steak. He called the wrong number, by the way. Yeah. No, I don't even – yeah, it's weird. We don't – I think it was a local person. I'll have to try to find the number. When I get the wave file emailed to me, it has our number as the file name and then the number, if it was available, of the person who left the message. I'll have to try to find it. But I think it was a 315 number. And and we're watching that person. We're going to track him down and <laughs> we're gonna find them provide the steak. And kill them. Steak in air quotes. You know, I'm also running an IRC channel right now, Internet Relay Chat, IRC, for those people who remember, like, pre-web. You, you remember that, don't you? Dial-up connections and, like, Unix and command prompts. and Yeah, that was, like, last week for me. It's It still is for me. Seems like last week. I'm running a Linux box at a, at a command prompt. There's no graphics here. It's just a, a flashing, you know. Uh, and is anyone it there? It says rich at control, actually. No one's there. But, yeah, I'm running an IRC channel. So so in addition to Twittering with us while we podcast, if you go to a server called Freenode and uh, enter a room called dollar or what is it? Pound. No, it's an Pound. Oct- Octothorpe is what it's actually uh. called. Pound sign bloody veg. I'm actually on there right now. I'm the only person in the room right now. But uh, You're used to that. Yeah, you can interact with us while we podcast. On We usually record on Thursdays, every other Thursday, but don't tell anybody that. Yep, we're there. Well, Rich is there. I'm there and I'm alone. 
Well, that's nothing new. <laughs> but I'm bummed. So well, I, I figure we can play a tune maybe and then uh, maybe talk to Joe a little bit about his project. And then we can talk about current events. Sure. And then, and then we can all, I got the bong going. We can all light up and uh, partake. Yeah. Yeah. You ready? Mm-hmm. You want to check it out? Let's, what, what is this? Oh, this is something from Big Green, isn't it? Yeah, it is. All right, cool. Let's check it out. was that at the end what, what, what was that snap that was a drum hit oh was it just yeah. like a tom or something that was our man john john on drums john on drums john, john who john white 
John he's, White. Is he related to Alan White, the great drummer who played in John Lennon for John Lennon and Yes? And no, but he should be because he kind of likes that style. Is he? Um, he he's a local guy. Style. Yeah, he's actually my brother-in-law. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. He married my sister. How many sisters do you have? I've met the one. She shops with your mom at Peter's a lot. I have two. Oh, okay. All right. John White. And did he has he played in any bands? Uh, this is I, I know this is just chit chat for those of you who are listening out there, the one of you. But you know, bear with me. He's played with us. He's played with some local bands in the uh, in the central New York area. Oh, I'm just surprised I don't know him because people in our age group, I usually know most of the musicians because I was in that scene heavy, you know, in the 80s. Yeah, you might have run into him at some point. Oh, okay. And with this town having like a population of 500, yeah. everyone knows everyone. We yeah, were so talking that, about that earlier. What was that one called, John? That was called. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. And who was Green. singing on that one? That was my brother, Matt. Okay, I didn't think it was you. Yeah, that's the other guy. He's yep. the smart one. The one wears the hats. <laughs> the Zorro hat. The yeah. smart one. And he manages a, a wildlife uh, preserve or something like that. He manages a nature sanctuary. He's a conservation officer at Spring Farm Cares. And his partner uh, works at the college, right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. I remember. I remember. And she's a computer person too, right? She's a sport person. She's a help desk person. Yeah. God help her. <laughs> I know. There's a, what was that comic strip? a story? brutal career. <laughs> yeah. And they learn to hate users in a hurry too, you know? Uh, They're all well, idiots. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's, that's the, the attitude I get out of the, the help desk people, you know? <laughs> so when did you guys start that band actually? When, when did the Big Green Project uh, come to be? Well, we have a creation myth that begins in, like, the early Pleistocene, but, you know, it's kind of like being raised by wolves, that sort of thing. We wanted to Romulus go back and a Remus. little further. The Seven Hills of Rome, yeah, it's, something like that. It's on the website. You can see it. Um, we actually we started in 1987, but I've been playing together with my brother since long before either one of us knew how. To play? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, a lot um, of bands do that, actually. I've, I've noticed there's a lot of bands that don't know how to play and put out records. I, yeah, I'm really confused by it. They're not shy. Not and shy, how many records do you not have? Shy kind of people. How many uh, CDs do you have? We've actually only put out two. The two that we have here. That's right. Yeah. And you you never play out. Not anymore. Oh, you did at one time. We did in the early '90s, late '80s. And that was like when Jeremy was in the band? Like he was one of your... That was part of the time, yeah. The guy who wrote our theme song, Hyperbole, by the way, Jeremy Shaw, www.jeremyshaw.com, um, used to play in this band, which is another one of these weird connections that I have to Joe. And I mean, I did a record with Jeremy Shaw, and in the liner notes, he said, you know, he thanked a lot of things, but he thanked something called Big Green. And it never made sense to me until I met these guys and went, oh, now that's what Big Green is. He's a great man. He's a very great man. We um we actually released a, a EP four song CD live performance. Who recorded it with with Jeremy? We actually recorded it ourselves. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Which, I gotta call Jeremy one of these days. See what he's up to. Yeah. yeah. Talented guy. Any reason you don't play out anymore? They're old. Just tired <laughs> of it. Tired of it. Yeah. You don't like slogging yeah. through stuff. I actually do play out. I just don't play out with Big Green. Uh, oh, where do you play? I play reunion gigs with uh, with a couple of bands, um, putting on the Ritz, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. oh, that's cool. Those guys and whoever asked me to. Oh, yeah. Well, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule out doing Big Green stuff. I just 
no one else in the band really wants to do any live performances. So, well, I'll, pl- I'll play guitar s- with you. I'll, I'll learn some tunes and, and, and play some guitar on stage with you. It's worth <laughs> if, considering. if you need a, if you need a guitarist. It's worth considering. Put on a Perry mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just put on the hat. Say your man. Well, if I'm going to wear a hat when I play, it's going to be red plastic and look like a flower pot upside down. I'm going to wear know. the Devo Energy Dome. Devo, new record coming out. How cool is that? Really? Yeah, they're putting on the Mother's Bob Brothers, releasing something new as Devo. Wow. That's bizarre. Yes, it is. You know what? We got to. What do we do? You want to play that promo from Grizz? I know we're just throwing stuff out there. Yeah, and we haven't really. We don't really have anything cohesive on going on our show yet. It's but, not a problem. But we have <laughs> when a, have we ever? Good point. We've done 163 of these things or whatever, and uh, we have a friend Grizzly with a podcast called Grizzly's Growls, and he just sent us something funny, and I haven't listened to it all the way through either. So let's uh, let's check out and see what Grizz is saying. That's his theme music. This is Grizzly from the Grizzly's Growls podcast at grizzliesgrowls.com, and you're listening to the Bloodthirsty Vegetarians podcast. No, the. We're like Eurythmics. Well, no, actually, you're listening to me recording this thing. But when this thing is done, then you'll be listening to the Bloodthirsty Vegetarians podcast. No, the. But that's if they're playing this on their podcast as what they call a rejoiner. If they're playing it somewhere else as a promo, then after this is done, you'll hear something completely different. But you could go to Rich and John's website at bloodyveg.com. Then you could listen to the Bloodthirsty Vegetarians podcast. (laughs) Unless they've gone broke and couldn't afford to keep the bloodyveg.com domain name. That's true. Then they won't be there. And it'll probably be a porn site. (laughs) It already Uh, is. And if you see something on the porn site about vegetables... It probably won't be the Bloodthirsty Vegetarians podcast. You never know. That's actually a good business model. But if I hear from Richard John, I'll let them know you're looking for them. <laughs> Unless you're a bill collector <laughs> looking for them because they went broke, then I never heard of them. <laughs> and I can neither confirm nor deny their involvement with that porn site at this point in time. Uh, last I heard, they were recording the Bloodthirsty Vegetarians podcast. Thank you. That man's not right. <laughs> He's not left either. There's something wrong with Grizzly. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, see, Grizz, you can't fool me. I know the reason you sent us these promos is because when we play them, your listening audience spikes. <laughs> he, he admitted that on one of his podcasts. So I know this is really, this is really self-interest. Plea. <laughs> this is self-interest, the, the motivation behind sending us these funny things. Which is really sad because when we have a listenership of like about 100 people, we can cause someone else down. to spike by maybe two or three. <laughs> it went down after the hiatus. I don't we, know. we lost something. You know what we lost? I don't know. What did we lose? Nothing. That's the answer. We lost nothing. Because when you got nothing, you got nothing, nothing to, to lose. lose. That's right. That's right. So what was a what topics? We, we had all sorts of topics. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I threw out there because I kept hearing Actually get all Joe this, involved now. Yeah, we'll get him involved. I, I heard some some uh, some ridiculousness of people talking about um, the the drug laws. You know, the Rockefeller drug laws. We talked about that before. Getting rid of the Rockefeller drug laws, and and then I, it, it I was just really irked, thinking, you know, what is it with with uh, with any of these drug laws? What's the problem with just legalizing everything and treating uh, drug addiction 
as a, a, a psychological or a sociological problem instead of it as a criminal problem because we're creating criminals instead of treating people who might have a problem. Well, I, I talked about that you know, years ago on, the, on one of the shows. I see drug addiction as a, a medical issue, as a healthcare issue, not necessarily or just as a criminal issue. It's only a criminal issue because they've arbitrarily decided to make a plant, which occurs in nature like marijuana, illegal. You know, we could discuss the difference between hard narcotics and marijuana, but... Yeah, um, stuff made in a lab or, you know, in a, in a, under a tent with lots of sh- equipment. Sh- There's a difference there between, you know, growing something and, and drying it out and smoking it. But, but even then, still, who's it, who's it harming more than the, the person themselves? And in some cases, you know, I, I don't want to get into the whole argument of, of, you know, smoke it or don't smoke it. But you can even say in some cases the things that are legal, like like alcohol and tobacco, they're they're causing just as much problems as as the the things that we're we're deeming illegal because of some weird moral reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when you when you look at these things, what do we do with with alcohol and tobacco? We we just tax. We them. drink it. We tax them, and then when someone abuses them or uses too much of them or does things under the influence of them, we treat the problem. Instead of treating the thing as as a, a moral wrong, you know. So, I don't know. I've I've just been really kind of ticked off about it. And and I'll talk about another issue uh, if anyone else has anything else to say. Well, the whole the whole prohibition thing is kind of like a huge sociological experiment. They've essentially made something that they know people do all the time illegal. And it's created an entire underground economy right. that mm-hmm. is also illegal. And if the intention behind the laws is to keep people from doing it, it's apparently not very not working very well. They've been implementing really strenuous laws against drug use for better than 30 years, and it's getting worse. Well, we learned during the first prohibition, the alcohol prohibition, that, I mean, you know, we created the underground uh, illegal liquor economy, the whole uh, Elliot Ness uh, untouchables kind of thing, you know, right. and it didn't keep anybody from drinking liquor, and uh, although it did make some people go blind from drinking <laughs> the wrong kind right, of alcohol, right. but, you know, it, alcohol didn't go away. In, in fact, I saw an interesting show. There's this interesting show on called Cities of the Underworld where this guy goes into, I know we've talked about it, he goes to all these really neat underground places, and in several cities there was this amazing underground network of tunnels that led to these various speakeasies, most of which were ignored or run by police, from what I understand as well, you know? Well, there's the underground economy that is actually... Uh, um, people skimming money off so that the police will ignore certain things. You know, the, the, the police are human beings too, and, and their greed has what? to be. Cops yep. are human beings. Yep, their greed has to be fed. And you know, this is the the other issue is is it is it a moral issue, or is it a financial issue, or is it a legal issue? And well, it's probably all of those things. But well, well I think there's. A, I mean, there's a prison industrial complex. The the vast majority of people. Well, I won't say vast majority. Probably fifty to sixty percent of the people that are in prison right now, in federal prison, are there for drug violations. A lot of them for nonviolent ones, um, and that supports local economies right around here. That's Marcy Prison. That's yeah, yeah, a lot sure. of good paying jobs. Um, 
there's yeah, I guess I never thought of it from that perspective before. Every, it's very much like the military industrial complex. If you look at where um, weapons are made, they're made, you know, like F-22 is made in 44 districts. Right, um, yeah. You know, or, or 44 states, rather, with, you know, plants in, in uh, an enormous number of congressional districts. Including our own. Yes. And my dad works at one of those companies, actually. Absolutely. It touches everybody. I mean, I know people who work at the prisons. You know, it's it's a good job for them. Yeah, it pays well enough. But is well that enough. a good reason to put people in prison? Well, <laughs> I guess I've never, yeah, I, I, I've never quite heard the, the question posed mm-hmm. like that. It's something to consider, you know. That being, it, it, it's, it's, it's its own economy. I never really thought about that before, you know. Sure the, the, the act of putting people in jail creates this... This economy of in this bunch of jobs for so we need jails because we need to maintain these jobs so we could turn all WalMarts into jails actually that's that's something that and in many ways done that they, yeah in many ways they are Wackenhut yeah yeah and and, and I think if your brother were here right now he would say the thing that pisses him off the most about WalMarts is they always build on wetlands I think which is something I've heard him say out loud many times but anyway that's a different topic entirely but but this is a, it kind of leads right into this other topic that I, that I want to talk about as well is are we done you, with that topic no 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 it, it, <laughs> it's it's sort it's like this weird segue because I was thinking Problem about this solved. this other topic in a, in a different way maybe even a different show but we've by having this this prison complex this prison industrial complex yeah we, a, a pick yeah it th- we're beholden to criminals to keep that economy going to keep the prison economy going crime keep, is good yeah and. <laughs> And recently, you know, what we've done is we've we've raised the federal tax on cigarettes, right? We've raised. I it. saw somebody pay six dollars and ninety seven cents the other day for a pack of cigarettes. I remembered that number because I knew you were going to talk about smokes. Yeah, we, we raised. Anybody we raised got light it by, by the way? <laughs> we raised it by like a, 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 some number of cents. It's thirty nine cents or something like that. So the, the, the federal tax is like over. It's like a dollar one now per pack of cigarettes. And and we're saying that we're doing this, and we're going to take those revenues, and we're and we're going to apply them towards child health insurance. Okay? Which I, I, I in some in many ways I have a problem with this. Well, I've got a big problem with it, and I talked about this. Oh. Is that that we're we're saying that smoking by taxing this thing, we're saying it's like a sin tax. We're we're saying that smoking is bad, and, and we want to make it more difficult for people with with low incomes to to be smoking and, and to pay for their smokes. So, you know, so, so what we're doing is we're taxing it more and more heavily. We keep throwing taxes on it. But look at the entire government. We're dependent on, on the tax base, right? So what we're saying is now we're, we're expecting this money to come in to fund our programs. These people, the congressmen, the senators who voted for this, this tax increase and for the many tax increases over the years – no way in hell are they going to do anything to shut down smoking, really, because their tax base well, they, goes they, away. The tobacco industry is one of the most supported and um, – Exactly. Uh, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? Subsidized, subsidized. yeah, subsidized uh, industries by federal government. I mean, you know, they give them ridiculous amounts. When it became uncool to try to addict American kids, the, the, the federal government started subsidizing uh, the tobacco companies to start advertising in a lot of third world and poorer countries so we could addict other people's kids because, we, you know, it became not cool smoking for a period. You which know? is the equivalent of exporting dangerous drugs, which is essentially what nicotine oh, yeah. is yeah. by their own definition. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if they're compelling China, for instance, to, you know, import cigarettes from us. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and and market them to their youth. Um, well, my my problem with the tax on cigarettes 
I wouldn't have as big a problem with it if we had a socialized healthcare system, you know, because, okay, fine. Then the people who are, are smoking, since they are more prone to disease, are going to be paying a higher amount. You know, they're going to be putting more into the socialized healthcare system, sure. which makes sense because if you smoke, you generally have a higher disease rate. It doesn't always have to be cancer. It, it can show up in so many wa- in so many ways. But, I mean, since we don't have socialized medicine, all this is is a tax for poor people. I mean, that's really all it ends up being. I mean, right? Absolutely. Sure. And it's it, on the state level particularly now that they're adding um, they're adding some additional tax burden to, to cigarettes. It's, you have to wonder what their incentive here is. It, is it that, I mean, they kind of sell it like they want to discourage people from smoking, but because the state is in such a terrible condition financially – are they depending on this revenue? As Absolutely. Absolutely. And is that a is that a good way to raise money? Well, I, I think that what what irks me about the whole situation is that they're I'm they're on talking out of right now. They're they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. They're acting as if oh, they're doing the world such a great thing by by discouraging people from smoking. But you know, in the back rooms, they're saying. Let's keep people smoking, you know. Smoke them if you got them because we need this money. <laughs> Smoke them if you got them. Yeah, I absolutely have uh, – Ex-smoker, no, by no, the way. Yeah. Just, we got to come clean here. Me too. Never smoked. Ex-smoker. Ex- yeah, two ex-smokers. Smokers. Okay. Yeah. I haven't smoked uh, since 1991. I haven't smoked since 1966. <laughs> <laughs> You've never been smoking. <laughs> That's my whole point. <laughs> yeah. I've had a few brownies in my day, but I've never, you know, smoked smoked the Mary Jane. I, I mean, I have a problem with the tax issue, as I said, right? I mean, ever since Reagan, Reaganomics was a fundamental shift in taxation from people who could afford it to people who couldn't afford it, right? They put the tax base on the middle class and below. And I mean, this would this is just something like that again. I mean, it would be, you know, and there's a part of me that wants to say, you know, F smokers. You know, I hate, I hate, sm- I, I'm so glad they put a, an anti-smoking law in New York State. I mean, I couldn't even go out to enjoy a band, you know, because the the, the, the hall would be filled with smoke. It would drive me crazy. You it was know? actually shocking to go into clubs after the smoking ban <laughs> went into effect because I could actually see the other side of the club. I could see what the clubs looked like. They were the same clubs that I used to play in. And I came back for like reunion gigs and it would be like, this place is a dump. I've never (laughs) seen this place before. And some of the people, the same people were there, except I could see them. And you didn't have to burn your clothes when you got home. That's right. So, I mean, there's a part of me, you know, there's uh, there's a part of me that punitively Wants to punish the smokers, you know. Damn them. Yeah, you know. But I that's mean, what the, the that's what they're trying to to make it sound like is that they're they're being all punitive, but at the same time they're saying ching. Great. Yeah, yeah. Of course they're saying ching. Let's not tax corporations and wealthy people. Let's who not can go. Actually let's not go crazy. Tax. You know. Yeah. They're, well, they're easy to kick. They're easy to kick because everybody hates. They've smokers become unpopular. Like, okay, well, let's, let's tax them more. And that's is that a good way to make people stop smoking? It's kind of a blunt instrument. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The thing that I found absolutely interesting about smoking in general is New York State, however, um, they're, they're running a bunch of PSAs during Mets games. I don't know if you see them during the Yankees games. I never games. watch Mets games. Uh, yeah, I know, because you're, you, you prefer the, the dumb league, the old past their prime power hitter league, known as the designated hitter. I, I have no response to that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the, during I, I Mets games. I don't engage games, terrorists. During, you're engaged to a terrorist? <laughs> What? Does Betsy know this? 
<laughs> I'm seeing all of the New York State Stop Smoking Helpline. That's what they call it, you know, and they're running these things like crazy, and they're actually sponsoring segments of different shows on SNY, which is the Mets channel, which means they're actually paying for these shows. I mean, they're, they're providing real sponsorship. So, again, we have another part of, you know, this equation. Right that, hand, left hand. How about you, know, you meet every once yeah, in a while? Yeah, you know, <laughs> there's this whole other group of, you know, I don't, I don't know what, you, what they would even be called, but there's this whole other arm, yeah, like you said. And, you know, they're promoting this stop smoking campaign and to the point where in New York State, if you want to try to stop smoking, you can get like the Nicorette or whatever, those 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 kits, those those anti- the patches. Quit, the patch and all that to help you quit smoking, you can get them for free. So in many that's ways, not by, by, it's not by accident. It's not because someone's saying, "Oh, let's let's help the people stop smoking." It's because the people who make Nicorette or whatever those patches are well, know that you get hooked on the patches just as well as the cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, what's the actual? Uh, there's only a 25 percent success rate for people who want to quit smoking. I think I read once. Does that sound? That seems probably pretty. I think that's accurate. high. <laughs> yeah, it, but if it is 25 percent, it's pretty remarkable considering how addictive those little those little cancer sticks really are it is extremely addictive it's comparable to to heroin as some people have suggested are you are you are you are you telling us something here <laughs> i'm telling you something this this, this is not a confession show <laughs> i'm not telling dr. you something phil about here. me I'm oh telling, <laughs> I, we need dr phil here we got to get dr phil out here oh, saying, keep him out you here. gotta name it to claim it and, <laughs> and i'm i'm one of the rarities there where you know i used to smoke probably two packs a day holy cats batman of, of the the marlboro red things and <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't actually cigarette? that difficult for me to quit it was one of those things where i just stopped and just it wasn't that big of a deal but i know everyone else in my family who smoked and still smokes it is one of the most brutal things in the, on the planet. I mean, it, their personalities change entirely. Your it's, dad's still smoking? No, he stopped. Good. I mean, after like 74, 73 years, he just stopped. And again, let's him, remind everybody he's amazing. a physician. Yeah. And he, he was, it's funny. <laughs> he's be, seen me naked, actually. John's dad has seen me naked. Different show. Different show. <laughs> We're back to that porn thing. Have, you, have some, you not been paying the bill on the Bloody Veg? <laughs> I'll put website? some pictures up on the website, pay some bills. But yeah, Sudden, um, s- what about difficult. Kenny? Kenny still smoking? As far as I know, still is. Yeah, yeah. it's oh, well. a difficult thing. You want to smoke? I do not. No, I got a pack. I have, I have no you guys wanna, desire wanna light whatsoever. Up. No, thank you. No, this is a no smoking house, by the way. So even if there were a pack, what if we here, burned it down? Then it would be a smoking house. There you go. <laughs> would be smoldering <laughs> it, it would be yeah it would be many things so yeah i you know as i was saying punitively i mean you know it it, it, it what when new york state became an anti-smoking state i mean i just people were refusing to do it first of all i'd go out I'd, I, I said to myself finally i can go hear my friend's band play in waterville or whatever and i would go and there would be these stubborn assholes you know, I don't have to do I, – I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to continue smoking. I'm going to continue polluting your lungs. And it got to the point where, you know, that's pretty much stopped because it's been like a good four years now. That Something like that, yeah. At least. Four or five, yeah. You know, but it made me angry because I would see all these editorials. You know, um, this is impinging on my, my rights to smoke. Well, where does anyone say you can't smoke? You can smoke in your house. As it happens You can here, smoke outdoors. In this area, there are more – Exemptions for um, 
for clubs and for restaurants than anywhere else. There's one the right around the corner, by the way. Oh, yeah. really? There's a pool hall. There's a Quite pool a hall called Hippos, and the owners are, were pretty good friends with a congressman by the name of uh, Sherwood Bowler. But you know what they did? They did it right. The smoking section is walled off with ventilation. So there's an actual, you know, there used to be a smoking and non-smoking section in all the restaurants, and there was but there was like a rope. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a velvet rope. You felt like you were in a really fancy movie theater or something. What's Except the, line the smoke, about that? the smoke would. Would would ignore the rope. It would ignore the rope. <laughs> What's the old line about that? Having a non-smoking section in a restaurant's like having a non-pissing section in a pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's eventually going to be hit you. <laughs> we do have a lot of exemptions, but the good news is the waivers that they were given, if that business goes out of business, no longer apply to the next owners. They apply to only those you know owners. But all the places that I've been in, I've been okay with it, you know. <laughs> And luckily, businesses go out of business so often around here that that's and, pretty yeah. soon it'll all be cleared up. Now more than ever. But what I wanted to say was, you know, I would read these editorials of these very angry people, and I just wanted to say, you know what? F you. You guys have been making it so I can't go out to clubs for years. Because when I s- smell cigarette smoke, I get headaches. I mean, it, it was terrible, you know. And I do like to go out every once in a while, see a band. I have lots of friends who are musicians. And, you know, I'd like to go out and see the band, and I don't want to be subjected to the secondhand smoke. Yeah, it's poisonous. That's, uh, there's polonium in it. So in I mean, many ways, there's tanium, tanium, tanium in there. There's, I think that there's there's some some strange alien species of bacteria <laughs> floating around in that smoke. Nobody has any idea what's in it. So it's there's a part deadly. of me, there's a part of me that's an asshole that when I see these taxes, and, and it's a, you know, quite a large part of you. <laughs> it's, a, it's the part above the ankles. <laughs> <laughs> and you know when I see, when, <laughs> thank you. So when I see these taxes, I just want to go <laughs> shit yes. You bastards, you got to pay. But at the same time, I know that most of the people who are smoking can't really afford to to pay this price for their addiction, you know? Well, just like we're now beholden to the the, uh, the tax revenue on these, these people are beholden to the cigarettes for their happiness. Because in many cases, a lot of these people don't have jobs. They don't you know, have anything going on in their lives. Me? Oh, but I'm not a smoker. But they've got their smokes, and they're completely and horribly addicted to them. And that's where most of their money goes, unfortunately. Yeah, I, you know, a pack a day at $7 a pack, which is apparently what, unless you're buying them on the Indian Reservation, what you're paying... Do the math. What is that? A pack a day at seven dollars. I thought three. there would be no math in this show. You, you said there'd be no math. Well, the good thing about <laughs> Google is Google is a calculator too. So I, anyway, it's thousands of dollars. Seven bucks a pack times three, you know, three hundred sixty-five. Yeah, you, you know? don't take a day That's off. That's twenty-two hundred dollars or whatever, you know. And then when you go out drinking, it doubles. Right. You're <laughs> you're, you're smoking more, and yep. then you're, you people are bumming them off you. That's right. And it's it's just crazy. Yeah, I'm so glad. You know, I did smoke something once, and I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before or not, but when I was very young, I would say like six years old or something, my brother Alan, an older brother, about 10 years older than me, used to smoke Tipperillo cigars. And he handed me one and said, here, inhale. And I coughed for four days. And I've never wanted to put any sort of smoking uh, implement (laughs) in my mouth. Ever again, and he did me the even biggest poker. favor in the red hot projector bulb. You put the knitting needle through your nipples and you twist them. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, <laughs> so, that kind of hurts. <laughs> that used to be a Saturday Night Live skit that Chris Guest and uh, Billy Crystal used to do. Oh, you know, you take your finger and you touch the red hot projector bulb. Oh, yeah. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> oh, that's gotta hurt. So I'm so glad my brother. 
turned me off so vehemently to smoking, you know, because yeah, I'd rather spend my money on a cool little Dell Mini 9 or a new microphone or some toy, you know, or a bike or something that I can enjoy and help make my lungs healthier. You yeah, know, that bread. Kill you. Yeah. What's that? It's something that doesn't kill you. Yeah, you know, or drinking excessive amounts of vino, which I don't do, so it's a good thing. I drink, you know, about half a bottle a week. Moderate amounts is okay. Moderate amounts of alcohol. That's right. So, Well, you know what? If I would have reacted differently. I would have said, damn you, and I would have hated my brother instead of hating the, the smoke. <laughs> I don't know what that Different means. Different people react differently. They do. We, you, we got another track? We do. You want to check it out? Yep. All right. the wind All so younger than the sun Ere the bonny boat was won as we sailed into the misty Park now hear the sailors cry Smell the sea and feel the sky Let your soul and spirit fly into the mystery And when that foghorn blows I will be coming home And when that foghorn blows I wanna hear it days of old and magnificently we will float into the mystery
And just like on the last songs we played, she does very long, subtle fade-outs. <laughs> gives, gives us enough time to uh, talk over it. But we didn't do that. You know, and this is no slight of Big Green, but I think Gail Mead is one of my favorite independent artists that I've heard in a really long time. She has a very, very fine voice. I, and my friend Darren plays bass <laughs> on her records. A, a local boy. He grew up about Randomly. a mile from here. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Actually, that's uh, how I found her. I think I told the story on a previous podcast. Yes, you did. Odd, that whole story thing. Uh, good bread, this. <laughs> <laughs> so what um, What was that song called? It was called Into the Mystic, Gail Mead. Gail Mead, a very uh, tasteful but subtle use of Hammond organ on that track. Could have done without the horns, though. I, I, you know, As a producer, I might not have added the horns, but the, the, the Hammond, you know, really liked it. Love the Gale Mead, though. Not Love enough firearms voice. in that song. You know, we needed more, like, explosions. Yeah. It was what we needed. <laughs> Not enough electric guitar distortion. <laughs> Not enough, like, crushing JCM 800 Marshall leads in that track. No, you're kibitzing now. <laughs> We're just we're doing what we do, which is nonsensical and not interesting. <laughs> Actually, that's the uh, the funny thing. So I think that's a show. I don't think I want to talk about any movies because we're uh, we're we're running long. You know what this button says? What what does that button say? It's the end of the show. That's the klaxons mean it's the end of the show. <laughs> it's a runaway train. It is over, and it can't be stopped. Beautiful. And uh, you've been listening to another episode of Blood the. Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. <laughs> Check us out on uh, the web. Um, the web. www.bloodyveg.com. It's not bloodyveg.com. It's, uh, and I am John Tallarico. And I'm Rich Wilgus. And I am Joe Perry of The Big Green. Of there The you go. Big Green. Hey, leave us some voicemail. 206-376-1907. Send us some email. Bloodyveg.com. Feedback. Feedback at, bloody, at yeah, bloodyveg.com. Choose any email address at bloodyveg.com. Yeah, it'll pretty much. Are we a catch all? We're well, a catch all. Anything will get there. Anything else? Well, we had fun with Joe, and hopefully he'll be back next week. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. So you've been listening to the VIB. 